not only do I have an answer for you, but I'm following through on our bet. Which is you didn't shave. Oh, wow. Breakout star of the year are the Balds. Jeremy Allaire, Brian Armstrong, Mersh, sure. and Selkis on the policy front. Phenomenal job yeah. by the Balds. And uh, I have followed through and sh- I have shaved my head, as you can see in this picture. All right, everyone. So on Empire, you obviously know that we talk a lot about the institutions coming into crypto. And that is why we are super excited to share that we are hosting the Digital Asset Summit. We've hosted this since 2019. It's coming up in London, March 18th to 20th. Don't miss your chance to get ahead of the curve. You can get 20% off with code EMPIRE20. We'll see you in London. What's up, man? We're back. Oh, we're back. We're live. I hit that record. Are we live? Oh, wow. Sneaky. Yeah. Uh, hello, everyone. It's been a I'm My brain's frying in all cylinders. I, you know, it's like, it's a holidays. I get it. But it's like, it is busy. It is. I, I'm I'm excited about this pod, too. You know, I think it, uh, you know, predictions are always really hard. But I think it's really exciting. Uh, yeah. Time. I'm excited, too. Before we jump in, dude, I thought you were going to shave your beard. I did. So. I did. I, I did, but we haven't recorded in two weeks. And like you, you bailed on me. And like, look at this. Dude, look at mine. All right. So look at my nasty ass beard. I uh, <laughs> I was like, Santi's going to shave his beard. One of us. We can't be a beardless podcast over here. So I was I will, like. I, I'll, 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 yeah, yeah. You're looking. You know, the, the stash is coming out. Dude, it's yeah. disgusting. I, uh, I, yeah, it's I, that face where it's disgusting. Yeah, I got, I got to shave it. I, you either have to like power through the next few weeks or shave it, and we're going shave right after this. So, well, I wasn't gonna like I, I had like a full week where I knew it was like not gonna see anyone or do anything critical publicly. So I was like, all right, this is when I shave, and I hadn't shaved in literally twelve years. It was yeah, little, little was, baby face, Santi. I, I probably lost six <laughs> years. You know, I I. That, that was a consensus uh, when people were like, yeah. Um, you want to? Okay, so here's my kind of vision for this app. Um, there's like, two, I think we should do this in two parts. So we've got these questions like, you know, breakout star of the year, best founder you met all year, breakout company, crypto product of the year, business of the year, worst investment of the year. That's kind of like segment number one. That's the first bucket. Um, so we'll do that. Then we can take a quick breather and then we can go into predictions for the year. I think we each have five to 10 ish predictions. We can bounce off each other's. I have not seen yours. You have not seen mine. So, yeah, does that sound good to you? Sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm more excited about like talking about how wrong I was on so many things. Yeah. Which is always good to keep us a bit grounded. Oh, you want to review our 2023 predictions? Well, we don't have to go through all of them, but I think like, I, I, at least for me, the biggest miss was like, it was not on my bingo card that the markets would rally and perform the way that they, they have this year. Like the NASDAQ had its strongest start of the year. Like I was sitting there in March and I'm like, or March or April. And like the NASDAQ was like having its strongest like year to date performance. I'm like, you would ask me that, like that was in, I would have described an incredibly low probability of that happening. Like you were coming into 2023 with this idea of like rate hikes were there, inflation still very much there. We like, it was, anyways, I was very much caught off guard 
And yeah. it makes you wonder, right? Because you're entering 2024 with a lot. I think the consensus is risk on, right? That you know the Fed has finally like tipped its hand and saying that it's going to you know lower rates, and so crypto markets react very quickly to that, right? And the same that they reacted very quickly in November of 2021 where like there was intimation of like inflation problem and rate hikes, like the crypto markets took a beating before traditional markets. And so you wonder now, uh, is the consensus now is risk on, how is 2024 going to shape up? Is it going to be the inverse of what happened in 2023 or is it just going to be a fantastic boom? Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's what's on my head right now. So looking back at our 20, let's actually start there. That's interesting. Looking back at our 2023 predictions, I've got some of these pulled up. I actually think six years of making these predictions, these were the best predictions we've ever made or that I've ever made personally. And I think it's probably easier to make predictions in a bear market. That makes me think than in a bull market. In a bull market, humans are so bad about thinking exponentially that like things can get so far out ahead of what you were able to predict and what you're able to comprehend in a bear market. These are actually some pretty good. So let me walk you through some of these. So I said, mm-hmm. first one was talking about fat wallets. I said, the growth of self-custody and fat wallets, MetaMask has never faced real competition. That's going to change this year. Um, and I think that did change, right? Like things like Phantom and other, you know, um, other, other, yeah, wallets. I think probably Phantom's the main one, but other wallets did pretty well. Coinbase wallet has grown, I think, pretty substantially this year. So that was the first one. Second one was, uh, I said, a tier one DeFi uh, app builds its own chain. And DYDX? You could say, do I mean, DYDX would be this one in my mind. DYDX, um, make, Maker, uh, playing yeah. that idea. Look, I, I think this is going to continue to be a trend where uh, every major DeFi protocol at some point was going to. Yeah. And, and even an L2. Like, what's stopping Arbitrum from, like, doing its own L1? Well, then that gets into the question, what's the real difference between L2 and L1, my friend? But uh, all right, here, yeah. let, me, let me run you through a couple more of these. The kings of trading and NFTs lose market share. So this was a two-part. I said Uniswap's going to pass Coinbase in volume. That very much did not happen. But I said Uniswap is going to drastically fall. Uh, excuse me, OpenSea is going to drastically fall in market share. Um, and that has definitely happened, which is going to get yeah. into one of the breakout I, in our next section, breakout companies of the year. Um, I said punks flip apes. Remember those conversations? We were talking about apes all the time and punks. Uh, I, yeah, my, my, I was very much of the mind that uh, yeah. there was no enduring value to board apes and, and and punks would. Both took a hitting a hit, but for a while there, I was pretty wrong. Like I think board apes like took longer to come back to gravity and like Earth. Uh, yeah. And I think, um, but the flipping has very much happened. And oh, here. Yeah. Here's what I got wrong. I said, NFT industry goes through major growth and changes like DeFi in 2019. We move past the JPEG era of NFTs. Did not happen. Still very much no. in the JPEG era. Very much. And I'm I, think it's gonna go. I, like I, I don't think oh, it's going to go one. away. Solana survives. There you go. That one did not. I said, Solana survives. ETH narrative is reinforced. Um, with the merge ZK EVMs and L2 adoption, everybody loves L2s, but problems with L2s start to arise. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the last one I said was DAOs put leaders in place. Didn't happen. You see like the synthetics council, but like, that's not like a new thing necessarily. I think so. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, Trying to pull up mine. I don't have yours, but no, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm trying. When was this? June, April. This is June. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going through it. 
I said Gary Gensler out as SEC chair. That was a an optimistic uh, prediction that did not happen. I said complete Bitcoin miner can, uh, capitulation. I honestly have not followed the miners closely enough, but I think the miners yeah, capitulated, but now they're doing pretty well, I think. so. Yeah, I mean, it all follows the price to a large yeah. extent. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, very good. All right. You want to get into this year's? Uh, yeah, definitely. Review. Let me hit you with the first question. 2023 mm-hmm. crypto product of the year. Solana. I, I'm calling that as a product because most people wrote it off. Um, and and I think it is a product in, in the whole conversation around integrated versus modular. Um, and I think people are appreciating the components of Solana as a very unique architecture relative to other competing L1s. And I think most of crypto, whether it's because it's tired or doesn't do enough work, likes to bucket things in a very simplistic way through analogies or through comparisons. But I think um, as a product, I think Solana is very unique. There's no surprise. I, I um, you know, I, uh, people might be looking at my public statements about Solana as something that has just come as of recent, but you know, my history with Solana goes back years. Like I did that deal with Parify early on. Uh, I've been a hackathon judge. I've been known them for a lot of a long time. And you know, I, I will say the things that changed for me was just going deeper and deeper and understanding more of the mechanics. There was a big aha moment that I faced uh, that I had not too long ago because it was really just going deeper into what are the biggest criticisms of this network, and then inverting and saying, can they be fixed? Are they big enough? Are they real criticisms? And so anyways, that to me was a big inflection point um, in my understanding of the network. So I think for me, at least, um, I see it like every other blockchain L1. It is a product. I think Solana actually sees themselves as a product and understands what exactly they're trying to build and who they're trying to sell it to. And to me, that was a big realization because a lot of the criticisms around the higher hardware requirements I think require you to believe that it is a product and there is someone out there willing to pay for a higher hardware requirement because if you're building decentralized, uh, synchronized global state that is competing against NASDAQ or NICE, then yeah, someone will pay for that. It is hugely, hugely valuable for anyone that comes from finance and other places, right? So anyways, I think that's right, product so of the year. Best product of the year, Solana. Mine was uh, two-part of FriendTech and Privy. So... I, uh, in my mind, FriendTech almost kicked off the bull market frenzy. FriendTech was the moment where it was like, okay, this market doesn't seem like it's back. Like now I think you can very definitively say we are back in a bull market. FriendTech, if you look back, I think will be seen as like this kicked off that bull. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it didn't kick off the bull market, but maybe this was the signal that we were back in a bull market. This frenzy of, you know, trading and, Buying and selling your friend. I know you didn't. I don't think you ever joined FriendTech, but I think FriendTech was the first time we were like, okay, uh, decentral is is it decentralized social? Is it consumer? Like that got a lot of people excited after this kind of twelve month lull. And the secondary product I would say there is the app. I think that enabled it, which was Privy. So Privy mm-hmm. brings this kind of like Web two caliber UX to crypto products and. Um, I think people saw it for the first time with FriendTech. I'm not an investor or anything. I have no skin in the game here, but I think it's going to be a really powerful product to onboard this next caliber of folks. And we, we just started to see what was possible with 
with Frentech there. So that would be my product of the year in 2023. Yep. Which one are we going to next? How about, uh, how about best founder of the year? What do you think? I will say, first off, I'm trying to not say the obvious ones. So the best founder in my mind, you know, I think would, would be probably Brian Armstrong, but I'm trying to not pick on the Brian Armstrongs of the world and the Tollies and Solanas of the world. Um, I would say I'm going to pick a weird one here, which is Luca Nets of Pudgies. Um, We had him on. Yeah. We, if you look at what Pudgies have been able to actually accomplish, I think in the bear market, people wrote NFTs off as dead. People said there's no, you know, any, anyone who tries to offer utility, that's a fool's game. They have grown, they have 10 billion views on Giphy. 1 million followers on Instagram. They launched in 2000 Walmarts. They did they're the top topping the charts on Amazon. They're selling out collectibles. They went up to 10 ETH or 12, 12 ETH. Um, they launched the you know, Lil Pudgies cross chain thing. Um, and they launched their own, they're launching their own game. That seems to be basically yeah. almost built. Yeah. So the, the and previous with, seems with a very small amount of capital, mind you. So yeah. I've certainly routed up to Yuga. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm giving it to, I'm giving it to Luca of Pudgies. I like that. Uh, I'll pick the obvious, and people I think at this point are going to say, like, you've totally been sponsored by the Solana Foundation or whatnot, but totally for me. Because that, to me, was instrumental in really, um, you know, uh, appreciating everything that he has done. And I've always liked him. Observing him through this difficult time, um, how he publicly behaves himself, how he is very grounded, very focused on the product, and we're, the end goal for Solana, delivering the best consumer experience, but also, I mean, my God, I mean, it, 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 Solana hitting its lowest point, and then over this twelve-month period, having this kind of like a phoenix rising from the ashes starts from the top, and I think the amount of leadership and like grit, integrity, like just commitment that it takes to turn it around. Of course, it was not just him, but uh, I think uh, speaking to so many of the different Solana-based projects that I'm an investor in, they all look up to him. I mean, it is highly influential. Yeah. And I think in the same way that Vitalik wields a lot of power within the Ethereum community as, you know, um, it, it totally is just, uh, yeah, rose to the occasion and, uh, you know, is really like, uh, you know, steered the ship to where it is today. So it has to be him for me. Yeah, totally. I think the job of an L1 founder is to basically inspire and set the set the vision and inspire other founders to come in and build. And totally's done that better than anyone else. All right. Breakout star of the year. Uh, you go for it. <laughs> I'm cheating. I'm always not, <laughs> not only, not only do I have an answer for you, but I'm following through on our bet. Which is you didn't shave. Oh, wow. Breakout star of the year are the Balds, Jeremy Allaire, Brian Armstrong, Mersh, sure. and Selkis on the policy front. Phenomenal yeah. job by the Balds, and uh, I have followed through, and sh- I have shaved my head, as you can see in this picture. Oh, God, you're cheating. Breakout stars, is that like a uh, – does it have to be a single person, or can it be a uh, – I guess for you, is this the – I know the Balds. Yeah. Uh I think um I think Coinbase 
for me, I would agree there. Like it has been, it continues to be even more so now the, the most important company. Um, you know, we've look, crypto's always had this regulatory wall of worry. The, the, the crackdown intensified and look, some of it is difficult because there, there is a lot of, you know, there is stuff that needs to be cracked down on, but a policy like that, like, the I, I guess like it required someone to push back, right, and say, "Hey, listen, like um, what they've done in fighting against and def- staking their ground, I think has been really uh, instrumental for the industry." And I've always had faith in the court systems, but like actually seeing it, I think they continue to they're still fighting, right? And to me, it requires well-resourced, capitalized company. Not only that. But they launch base, and I think they're very much focused on like, like being that onboarding safe experience for so many people. And I'm really excited about that. I think base, as we think about like huge catalysts, base is going to be one from an onboarding perspective. And so, it is actually really impressive when you think about like Innovators Dilemma, a company that is willing to reinvent itself for the greater good of an industry. And I just think it's going to be a case study, not just within crypto, but just in general, of a company that was very much focused on making sure that this industry succeeds, yeah. even if it comes at the expense of certain revenue lines. Yeah. I mean, I would say Circle's in that mm-hmm. same boat, right? Circle, mm-hmm. remember when Circle owned, what, Poloniex? They had one of the biggest OTC desks in crypto. They had the retail yeah. app. Uh, you know, in 2017, I was buying more crypto through Circle's mobile app than I was through Coinbase. Uh, they were one of Coinbase's biggest competitors. And Jeremy basically shut that all down just to go in, all in on USDC. And I have, I have a feeling, you know, Circle ends up IPOing. I don't know if it's 24, 2024 or 2025, but that seems like a company well oh, yeah. to a success. I mean, Jeremy, they've also done a lot of regulatory kind of lobbying work yeah. since as far as I can remember. But like Jeremy's like a highly successful founder before crypto. Yeah, the guy exited, that didn't in, in have to do business. this. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's, he's choosing to do hard things because yeah. they matter. And I think that's very impressive. All right, the bald cap's got to come off. That was my uh, bald, bald uh, breakout stars of the year with the balds. Um, there we go. All right, man, breakout company of the year. I'm going to give this to uh, two companies in Solana. One is uh, one is Tensor and one is Gito. So if you look at, uh, I mean, the success of, we'll start with Tensor. Tensor, if you look at the metrics, started the year with, uh, there were kind of four Solana NFT exchanges. There was Magic Eden had about, I think it was about 80% of the market share. There was uh, Hadeswap and Coral Cube mm-hmm. and Tensor, if I remember correctly. And it was basically Magic Eden at 80%, the other two at 5%. Tensor had maybe 2%, I want to say, at the beginning of the year. They have yeah. overtaken Magic Eden and have just come to basically dominate. Not only, I think the first thing was dominating the Solana NFT ecosystem. And now, I mean, like, they're in the conversation when you bring up it's you know OpenSea, Blur, Tensor, like they're yeah. in the conversation. And I'm I'm I, I love the two founders. Like they are just they epitomize like young, scrappy hustlers. Uh, you know, keep it very lean. We had one of them on uh, on you know we had actually both them on on Empire and like they uh they refused to get a new new headphones because they're like we're not out of the you know they they refused to buy newer headphones and they're like 100 bucks to get new headphones and i don't know i just respect that level of scrappiness it reminds us reminds me a lot of blockworks in the early days of blockworks so yeah tensor would be one of the breakout companies of the year the other would be Gito. um lucas and the Gito team are just like 
They are at the backbone of how all transactions happen in Solana. They are like about as close to the metal as you can get in Solana. Um, and not only that, I think they had a very important like emotional moment almost for Solana ecosystem with their airdrop. So many people made so much money. They basically were able to pull forward uh, and, and, and increase the acceleration of the Solana ecosystem, both with from a capital perspective. And I think there were this like beacon of hope for a lot of other Solana mm-hmm. founders saying, oh, my God, we, we can do this, too. Whether you're Tensor, whether you're Jupiter, um, you know, we can launch a token. It can be successful. We can we can do this, um, even with a young, small, scrappy team. And I think uh, so. Yeah, I would give it to both Tensor and Jito here. Well, I mean, I did have the Tensor guys. Um, I interviewed them um, a couple of weeks ago. Incredible story. People should go listen to that episode. I would agree with that. At risk of not of being called too biased in Solana, I'll, I'll give a, uh, throw out a few candidates. One is, I think, uh, thematically, this modular movement is incredibly impactful. Uh, I think every technological revolution goes through this unbundling and rebundling phase. Um, and the ability to kind of that unlock, I think Celestia was instrumental in that. There's others, of course, but I would think I very much believe modularity is, is a very important theme um, to give more flexibility into how you kind of uh, dissect the different um, pieces of, of what a blockchain does, execution, datability, consensus, and settlement. And I think that is a is very much a, a big unlock and thematically will continue to be a really strong trend. So probably that. <laughs> um, the other one is uh, Bonk. Uh, when you think about how that has uh, been instrumental uh, for it's like uh, rallying, really. I mean, it was it was so impactful for developers that received this airdrop that were in this developer DAO of Solana. It was probably what kept them alive. It is the most integrated coin in Solana, and you know people can laugh off memes, but I think um, the more you uh, the more you live and breathe crypto, the more you appreciate that. So you know whether again breakout whether you agree then. Uh, or not, I don't really care. Um, I think I'm, I'm thinking about impact, like the impact as I think about breakthrough. That's what I care about. And I think it is, we can argue all you want about memes and how serious they are or not, but I don't think you can win the argument as saying that Bonk didn't have an impact on Solana and taking it to where it is now, like rallying it. Yeah. So uh, I, I'd be remiss not to mention that. Uh, I was going to say another uh, again, Jupiter for me was, uh, I think a breakout company. Why? Because no surprise. I live and breathe DeFi. I've been interacting with it since the early days. I got to say the product is phenomenal. It is a delight. And I think you, you, the more you talk about, like when you onboard people, the real, every time you go to these holiday events, which are like painful, right? Oh, you're in crypto. Okay. Well, tell me, t- 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 tell me a crypto company that is actually fun and easy to use. You know, it's always like, it has been a very difficult question to actually like answer. Is that, is that how most people talk? Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, a Cairns of the world, you know, like it's like, it looks, <laughs> some of it is right. Jupiter provides a very delightful experience. Like the, 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 like being able to DCA, like setting limits and just a delight. Yeah. It's, it's great. Like, look, whether you want to, Accept it or not, the biggest kind of use case now is swap. Like like DeFi is like the ability to swap and trade, and it is the primary kind of use of blockchains right now, uh, and, and collecting. But there's still like Tensor is very much like a financial product, right? Yeah. So Jupiter just has made that delightful. 
it's, it's really nice. Yeah. And it really makes you appreciate uh, when you have the ability to do things in a very low cost manner, it unlocks nonlinear consumer demand. Like it's just like, yeah, then yeah, I'm going to swap a lot of these things. Like the frequency just goes up orders of magnitude. So I think they built a phenomenal product. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, it's not an endorsement, but it is one of those where think about it, put it this way. When we think about breakout companies or just things that are you really like is what are going to be those two or three companies, apps that you point to normies to use? Probably Tensor, probably Jupiter. Yeah, right? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I tweeted out, I you know, early November, I think it was, um, just how impressed I was by Jupiter. And that was kind of like one of the wake up, like aha moments I had. Um, yeah. So, Absolutely. Um, all right. I got some more personal questions. We haven't talked about these. I'm not sure if you're uh, open to answering or what you're not, but uh, best. Yeah, exactly. Put it on, put the, <laughs> put the shield on best personal investment of the year. I sized up Solana aggressively. I called it out in this pot at eight and I was very much uh, just, you could do it in size. Um, so of course I'm biased. Um, but I don't even think Solana hit eight. I thought it bottomed at like 12. No, it was, it was like close to eight, I think. And it was around that time I publicly said in this pod and it was like, um, so, but I do a lot of private investments. So maybe I'll highlight things that I'm excited about. Um, There's so many. The problem is any answer I give, I'm going to get shit for like, (laughs) for some of the others. Um, But I've been paying more attention into public stuff. I think I recently did a deal um, that I tweeted about, like I didn't specifically mention this company, but let's put it this way. There are, I'll give a cop answer, but like think about all the companies that raise a lot of money before the, the, the end of the last cycle. Um, you talk to them, they're like, are you getting any love from your investors? No, none of them have talked to us. Um, they've continued to build through the bear. They're building useful, interesting products in categories that get a lot of attention. But for whatever reason, the company companies, and I've met a few, are just not getting any love. And it reminds me so much of last cycle where I met like, the OG DeFi people, right? Synthetics had raised a huge ICO through Haven, rebranded. No one was paying attention. Lend, no one was paying attention. But when you see founders that it has been difficult 12 months, continue to build, continue to ship, to me, it's like, would I rather invest in a private deal, venture deal, where the founder is probably opportunistic? You're going to continue to see... From now on forward, you're gonna conti- you're gonna see so many new people come to this space that want to raise for AI for whatever use case, right? Do you understand if that team is gonna build through difficult times? Probably not. But what I like about these companies that have shipped and maybe have a token is they haven't given up and they're well resourced. Like that's the kind of founder, and you have that. Like it's meaningfully de-risked. So. Yeah, this company in particular, like, is building really interesting products in the Cosmos ecosystem and implementing IBC, you know, 
which I think is very underrated. It's probably one of the most underrated, underappreciated pieces of tech, but I think it's going to be hugely impactful in multi-chain world. So I'm really excited uh, to see that. And yeah, I, I won't name, I mean, I can name the company, but um, yeah, I recently did that deal and uh, I'm you know working with the team very closely. Who, who is it? Can you, can you name it? Picasso. 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 It's a composable finance team. Um, yeah. That's funny, man. It's funny watching you get all uh, just uh, there's a lot of shit being thrown around Twitter right now. Like you don't share you don't share your you don't share the investment. Like people are like, oh, you're hiding something. Uh, you yeah, share yeah. it. People are like, you're oh, showing you're, your bags. You're showing your bags. Yeah, there's no there's, bags, yeah. there's no way to win here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it really um, is difficult because I, I come from a world of like, you know, I, I don't like look. None of it is financialized. Not, you know, and people in crypto are very, you know, and just generally, like, I, I just don't feel necessarily comfortable because you have two minutes to describe something. And, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, it always is kind of uneasy. All right, everyone. So we talk a lot about the institutions coming into crypto on Empire. Santi and I are both headed out to London March 18th to 20th for Blockworks's eighth ever Digital Asset Summit, DAS. This is an institutional buttoned up conference that we've hosted since 2019. I like to joke that it is probably the last remaining kind of suit and tie event in crypto. People are still wearing suit and tie. It's pretty funny, but you'll actually hear from a lot of the largest institutions in the world coming from Standard Charter, FIS, JP Morgan, Framework folks coming out, Wintermute, Van Eck, Goldman Sachs. There are a couple big themes of this conference. One, Bitcoin Catalyst, the halving and the spot ETF. Two, a view from the buy side. Three, RWA's tokenization and stable coins. Four, Four, global regulatory frameworks, five, institutional infrastructure, including banking and payments, and six, the macro case for crypto. If you have anything to do with the institutional side of crypto, you have to be there. Santi and I got your back. We hooked you up with a 20% off code. It is Empire20. There is a little competition running internally at Blockworks to see who can drive the most number of tickets. So help Santi and I out, register with our code, and you get 20% off. That is Empire20. All right. So what about, uh, all right. So that's the best. What about the worst investment of the year? Real estate. Real estate. hundred percent. It's a fucking scam industry. The friction costs of coming in and out. Um, you, I would argue you rarely, rarely like, okay, so you can do a leverage and all this stuff, but like, man, was I constantly reminded of why we do crypto because I am, I, so I have this, is very little patience for when I see friction, when there's redundancy. Like when I ask, when I go to a doctor and they ask you to fill out form again, or like real estate, like it is a scam industry. There's all these people that extract fees for no good reason. And it was just, I, I, it's a, it's a scam really. Uh, they, of course they got, there was a major lawsuit this year of all the realtors that were like, uh, extracting so many fees like it's just a it's one of those industries coincidentally when i was looking at traditional enterprise software investing like there's this company real page and they were trying to like shake up and modernize the real estate industry but it is just it is politics it's messy like zoning and development and it is like yeah it's it's one of those industries where it's, it's slowly like finance resisted the the modernization thing and a lot of it is because it's heavily regulated and I'm just a big believer in deregulation and let markets settle. Um, anyways, it was a very bad experience 
because were you, were you doing were you doing were you investing alongside developers were you investing in real estate funds no, no, were you doing personally, personally. I, i've done i've done uh, sponsor deals for a long time um but no personally like i bought property and like it's just unclear were, to me were, that these, you actually, were these like multifamily like what what types of single family like single family, single family. yeah i know it's a very extractive industry i don't think you outperform um there's a whole host of ongoing fixed costs um i don't think it's a very viable business model candidly not just because of high rate environment i just think like it became more and more popular in a low interest rate environment you're basically doing a carry trade um right where you you're borrowing very cheap and then you kind of like you know you're renting it out or whatever and but it is it's probably my worst investment it's like not just this year it's just in general because not because i lost money because um, of the opportunity cost and the time, and the time that I time sunk in, it's, it's really yeah. when, when I when I think about as I was going through this exercise, there have been companies in crypto that I've lost more money on, but the time element, time for me is the most expensive thing, and I invested a lot of time, even though I, yeah, it was just draining. Um, I will probably not ever do it again. Mm. Will you still stay allocated to real estate funds? No. No, I love crypto. And I, I'm just constantly reminded that this is my edge and this is where I want to play. And I'm very willing to stomach volatility. I think there's ways to go around that and hedge. But I, yeah, I'm just going I'm, to... I'm, by the way, I put in way more risk. I took money outside of real estate, put it way back more into crypto. And I'm very comfortable with that. Yeah. This, this, this is where I play. That's what I like. And that's what I'm, you know, I'm not going to pretend to do anything else. Yeah. All right. My worst investment of the year, personal investment was, um, I have a worst angel investment. I, I mean, on the angel side, a lot of angel deals shut down mid this year. The real, some of the really yeah. early ones, early stage ones shut down or a couple pivoted to AI, um, <laughs> in, the, in the middle of the AI hype cycle, like pivoted to AI. Yeah. I was like, all right. Um, but a couple of them, you know, shut down. A couple of them returned, you know, 20 cents on the dollar, 30 cents on the dollar. So that was on the angel side. Um, it's, it's, it was actually pretty remarkable to see the variance in how different founders handled it. Some handled it very professionally. I have no, I have no hard feelings against someone who returns capital. Like that is a very courageous thing to do in my mind. Um, and some more people should do it, by the way. Yeah. And I like to the people who returned capital, I was like, I was like, I will back you hands down next time you do it. Like just because of how respectful and uh, over communicative they were. And then there were some folks who basically just ghosted. I was like, I know you shut down, but like, come on, buddy. I'm still tracking down like three companies that I'm like, guys, I know you were closing down. Like, where's the capital? Yeah, I don't care if it's two cents. I don't care if it's 99 cents. It's out of principle. Just do it. Yeah. Um, worst personal investments of the year were probably the, um, the DeFi majors. I, you know, I bought some, some uni, some Lido earlier this year, um, mm-hmm. and they just haven't done anything. So <laughs> just, just a fool's trade at this point. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, what could be a fool's trade one year. It could be a fantastic trade the next. So, yeah. So, all right. Um, uh, most, what do you want to do? Most exciting founder that you met? Sector that you're most... Um, Let's do most... sector to watch in crypto. Cool. Sector to watch. What do you got? Um, two. One of them probably is Alt-L1s. 
Um, and I know it's tiring, but like it's, uh, I think it's going to be important to like pay attention to different designs. Um, you know, this is Aptos, Sui, say also Solana. Like I think, yeah, I, th- I think the the tricky part of that is that every cycle there's a bit of fatigue. I think people constantly dismiss them. Um, there's a I would encourage people to go listen to um, Jordan. Uh, was the frictionless capital Logan? The frictionless capital guys. I think they have very, very good um, content and also appreciation for these next, call it next gen L ones. Um, my thesis, and I tweeted about this not too long ago, is that this cycle will con- will see a growing divide of the haves and the have nots in terms of where you start seeing usage at scale. And you're certainly seeing it in Solana, but I think it doesn't stop there. And so the question to me is, that's the most important thing. Of course, if you don't compromise security, and of course there's less Lindy in some of these networks, but I think this cycle will be one, as I fast forward like two, three years, it will be a time where finally we start seeing more scale and more mainstream adoption across varying degrees of use cases, not just collecting, not just, you know, NFTs and financialization of such, uh, but more so just real use cases and more users coming on. And I think it will be, I think that alone will shake up the yeah. composition of, of mindshare. And, and look, I, I don't want to say this in terms of like, I'm not being, um, dismissive of ethereum i think i stand to lose a lot if ethereum doesn't do well uh but i think it's something to pay attention to yeah uh, but i think it's uh, you could be lazy about it and i think most people are being lazy about it um and the other one is probably deep in ah i also had deep in yeah yeah i think deep in is there's a it's pretty exciting. It's a lot of things. I mean, it's been around for such a long time. Filecoin, you know, live yeah, yeah. peer, like these things existed for such a long time. What is different now perhaps is you start to see other kind of more exciting things as well. Like, um, you know, related to AI, like decentralized compute, uh, you know, the renders and the cautious of the world and the tensors or whatever, but it also is like helium and hive mapper and all these things like crypto, I think is very interesting from a coordination to solve coordination problems. And when you solve coordination problems, it allows you to revisit certain business models. Like I, I remember passing on healing the first round, a multi-coin guy shared it with me and I said, no, nah, this has been tried before in web two. And boy, was I wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like I think that some of these ideas that have been tried in the past are worth revisiting and can actually work with incentives and it can fix the inertia to bootstrap networks. And I think we're in this state where people are being very critical of incentives, that they're not sustainable because most teams don't get them right. But incentives are instrumental to to anything, not just in crypto. And I think crypto, that's the glue of uh, tokens are the glue to help and coordinate more efficiently. And Deepin is kind of prime for that. So yeah, yeah, I think it's a really exciting sector. Yeah, so I, I put two sectors. I said restaking, which I can talk mm-hmm. more about in the predictions part of this episode, and then uh, deep in. So I said uh, 
Uh, deep Deepin kind of breaks down into two buckets, right? There's like physical infrastructure and digital infrastructure. So the digital is kind of what has been around for a little while, like file storage and you know decentralized VPNs, general purpose stuff, machine learning, Akash, things like that. And then there's the physical infrastructure side, which Helium was the kind of first movie here. Then there's Hive Mapper, but there's you know 5G, IoT, Wi-Fi. There's some cool geospatial stuff going on. So yeah, both the physical infra and the digital infra side of uh, Deepin, I would say. We can get into it. It's my first prediction is like this kind of ETH is money idea and this ETH is money narrative is going to start to go away as people realize the best thing right now that ETH has is, is yield. Um, and like that's... That's what's gonna. That's what's gonna come back. However, um, are you worried about security? Rehypothecation of security. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, my first. Actually, hold on. Before before we get into this, like, I wanna I wanna kind of cut this episode in two. I wanna do the slow, 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 Santi, slow. So, all right, we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do restaking in a sec. We will. I promise you guys, we will get okay, into that. Okay. But we're gonna end this episode with the most overhyped sector of 2024 then we will cut it and in the next episode we are doing our predictions for 2024 so i will ask you most overhyped sector of 2024 what do you think coming into this like in oh great question i don't know i'm gonna i will throw one at you which is rwas i think rwas was mm-hmm. a Total bear market narrative. Um, Wait, but you said 2024. I thought you wanted most overhyped to 2023. Like coming into 2023. Like what what is the most overhyped thing right now? And I think it's it's RWAs. I think that RWAs are, uh, they're great. Like I love the um, uh, centrifuge guys and uh, got dinner with Leshner the other night and was talking about super state, which I think is really cool what he's working on. And, but Mm -hmm. I just think RWAs are like such a, bear like boring bear market thing that kind of like everyone talks about in the bear market and then in the bull market not many people are going to pay attention to it so yeah i'm going to pick ai mind you i think the things that are most hyped also have the most amount of opportunity but it is understanding and dissecting the real versus the non-real i think there's an incredible amount of hype in, in 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 ai right now um uh, BitTenter, Akash, like all these, in a lot of, like I've seen like 30 decks in the last two weeks of like the same type of business modeling in AI. Um, is it real? I think it is. I just recorded a podcast with Daniel from Modulus, which I backed, and Casey, who like studied AI before it was cool and, you know, is, is a fantastic investor. And she really has a good eye for what is real and what is not. So, um, I won't like go too much into it, but people should go listen to that episode because I wanted to record that to really like parse through what is real, what are the products. Mm. Um, and so, and it's just in general AI. I mean, it's of course incredibly fascinating. Uh, the thing about technological revolutions, I think is the timing of it, right? We, we tend to over, what is it? The, the fantastic quote from uh, Bill Gates, we overestimate what we can do in two years, underestimate what we can do in 10 think that has been true for crypto and i think that will be true for ai where everyone's spending all their venture basically all the venture funding has gone into putting in orders capex for for nvidia uh, h100s mm-hmm. um but a lot of the pitch decks that you see in crypto around like uh you know like uh, uh getting access to gpus on, on the fly is a bit uh a bit overdone i think yeah. like certainly certainly have no rhyme or reason to understand how these things trade yeah 
All right, folks, that wraps up part one of the. Was that part one? That was part okay. one. I hope you. I hope you came prepared with your part two. Yes. All right, good. Awesome. All right, folks, we will. Uh, we'll see you in a couple of days. We'll be back. See you on the other side. Uh, are we going to be back with you? Your shaved um, head for real, and I. I'm. I'm willing. As I, again, I'm willing to shave my beard, all of it. God, this is just. This is like. Um, I'm trying to think of all the crypto companies that like pretend to do something but are not really under the hood. <laughs> <laughs> like 99% this of crypto companies. DeFi mullet, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Maybe all I'll right. shave my, my beard for the. the I gotta shave. Episode. Although to be fair, I want to. I want to look wiser from these predictions. Of course, it, <laughs> which they won't, because I'm look, terribly wrong in all of it. I will look much better um, for episode number two. I promise you that. All right, folks. Have a uh, hope you guys hope you all are having a happy holiday and good Christmas if you celebrate. And we'll see you on the other side. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for watching today's episode. Really hope you enjoyed it. We wanted to take a second to just remind you about our upcoming Digital Assets Summit in London, March 18th to 20th. Santi and I got your back. Seats are limited, and we hooked you up with a 20% off discount code. It is Empire20. If you heard it earlier in the podcast, there's a little competition running at BlockWorks to see who can drive the most number of tickets. So when you register for the Digital Assets Summit, make sure you use our code Empire20. See you in London. (laughs) 